This is episode number 286, Breaking Free of the Cycle of Infidelity with Maria. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. And I know we have a lot of new listeners to this show, so thank you so much for joining. A lot of you have joined me because you heard me on Luke Story's podcast, so welcome, 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 or Melissa Ambrosini. Um, welcome to the show. How it works is every Wednesday, there's a numbered episode like this one that comes out where it's an unscripted, unedited, unproduced coaching session with someone where you get to learn a lot. And I always break down the show after. And every Saturday I do something called Coach's Corner, which is either an interview or me just riffing on something. And we have a beautiful episode for you today with Maria, who since she's 15 has been unfaithful in her relationship and is carrying a lot of shame and judgment around that. And, you know, romantic relationships are so greatly influenced by our childhood. And you'll see, this is a perfect example of that. You'll see how Maria's childhood is impacting how she's showing up in relationships today and why she's cheating. And I really want to help you understand how inner child work impacts romantic relationships. So my husband and I are actually co-hosting my next virtual group coaching night, which is going to be March 11th at 5 p.m. Pacific. It's only $20 to join. It's on Zoom. You can join from anywhere in the world. We teach a little bit about specifically how our wounding impacts our romantic relationships and how to shift it. We guide you through a short meditation and then we do hot seat coaching with people. You're not on camera unless you raise your hand. Um, it's a very intimate, beautiful community. Go to christinehassler.com slash group to register. If you can't make it live, you get the recording. As you're listening to this call, consider, do you carry a lot of shame about something that you've done or that you're doing or a pattern you have? Have you ever been unfaithful in a relationship or perhaps cheated on? Is there something in your life that you're having a really hard time shifting and you know you want to take a big step, but you can't seem to make it happen? And finally, if you have children, what are you teaching them through your actions? Are you being an example of what you'd want them to be in life and relationships? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my call with Maria. Before we dive into our call today, I want to ask you if you've heard about the company making stylish shoes and bags. They're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastics. It's Rothy's. I love Rothy's. They're comfortable, washable, and sustainable. Their shoes are amazingly stylish too, and they have zero break-in period thanks to their seamlessly knit-to-shape design. So many styles to choose from. It's not a surprise that Rothy's best-selling shoe, the Point in Black, has over 3,000 near-perfect reviews. And you can find all your new favorites with the latest Rothy's styles like comfy shoes, brand new bags, and washable masks. I've loved some of their cute washable masks. I was looking to match my mask with my outfit. Who knew masks would be a new part of our style this year? Oh, wow. All right. So Rothy's has transformed over 75 million bottles into beautiful shoes, handbags, and face masks. Another major bonus, fully machine washable. Just toss them in the washing machine and they'll come out looking good as new. I love my Rothy's shoes. 
I take them anywhere when I travel. I love that I can wash them and I don't have to worry about like saving my good shoes for a special occasion because I can just throw them in the washing machine. So here's what you can do to check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available at rothys.com slash over. Just go to rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash over. Style and sustainability to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash over today. Hi, Maria. Welcome to the show. How can I help? So my question is, why do I keep repeating the pattern of cheating on my partners? Okay. And you said you've had this pattern for how long? Uh, Since I was 15. Okay. Okay. And I'm sure, well, first of all, Mm -hmm. I'm detecting from the tone of your voice that there's some shame in this. Yes. It's... yeah embarrassing. There's lots of judgment around it. I mean, of course, everybody knows that cheating is bad and people that cheat are, you know, get lots of horrible names, like they're sluts and they're whores and they're this and they're that. And I, in my heart, know that that's not why I'm doing it. And I'm trying to find insight about why I've done it. And I do have insight, but I don't really know how to move past it. Um, and my most recent episode with this occurring has been happening in the past couple months with my second husband who I just left three months ago. And now I have a new boyfriend and he, um, said some stuff that really resonated with me and I feel like is true. And he said that, (laughs) he said that you love yourself so little that you constantly need two men fighting over you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was hard to hear, but it also felt true. How does it feel true? So, well, that I don't really love myself. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I need validation from men loving me to feel loved. What do you think of yourself? And what have you thought of yourself since you were young? Well... <laughs> Unloved, I, I guess. Not worthy of love. What makes you not worthy of love or unlovable? I just didn't experience love growing up. So, mm-hmm. What was growing up like? My dad died when I was young. How so young? I, uh, eight. Were you close to him? And yeah, I was. Hmm. And So then I lived with my mom and um, there were six kids. And so she was just kind of checked out mentally. And um, so I just really had no relationship with her and didn't really experience any kind of like mothering from her. So. Mm -hmm. So here you were, one of six kids, dad, who you were close to, and maybe was the one person you felt seen by died at eight. Mom was mentally checked out and you mm-hmm. felt very alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see how not only might you have felt unlovable or unworthy of love, but it also feels like you felt very, very lonely. Yes. Loneliness can become dangerous because we so crave for connection. Mm-hmm. We so crave for connection. So, One thing I want you to know from the start, Maria, is there's zero judgment from me here. 
I feel your heart, I feel your intention. And I just want you to know that the shame is welcome and I'll hold space for that. There is zero parts of me thinking that you're slutty or a bad person or messed up or any of those things. Mm-hmm. And for me to be Thank able you. to help you, I need to know that you believe that and feel that. Mm-hmm. You may be judging yourself, <laughs> but know that yeah. I'm not judging you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, correct. I don't feel that you're judging me. Um, I feel safe with you, but it's hard for me not to judge myself. Okay. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've, have you ever been on a diet? Yes. Okay. How well does it work when you're on a diet and you want to go have ice cream or another serving of food or something like that? And you just beat yourself up and you just judge yourself and you judge your body and you just are so hard on yourself. How well does a diet work? Not well. Why? Um, well... I don't know because your mind can't rationalize like why you would be doing that. And you're just like in the cycle of like eating healthy and bad foods. Mm -hmm. Basically change and transformation and healing doesn't happen when we're judging ourselves. It's almost like, you know, if babies in the womb, you know, don't get a lot of love and nurturement and they, they feel unsafe, often they won't develop or kids won't develop and grow in the way they need to if they don't feel safe and loved, either emotionally or physically mm-hmm. or mentally. And so I'm painting these pictures for you because I want to get across the point that I hear that you want to shift this. Mm-hmm. Your biggest block right now isn't your issues from your past. It's how you're relating to your issue. How you're relating to the issue is the issue. And the level of shame and judgment that you're holding on it is preventing you from moving into love, which is the one thing that will heal this and shift this for you. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything you get from me today, I want it to be that you deeply, deeply forgive yourself and we're going to work on it. And you make a choice today to stop judging and shaming yourself. And it may take time. It's not like as soon as we get off this call, it's all going to be gone, but you're going to be aware of it. And every time you judge and shame yourself, you're going to say, I forgive myself for judging and shaming myself. I know this isn't getting me to where I want to go. Okay. Can you see how important that is? Mm-hmm. And can you see how you're doing to yourself the thing that created this pattern. So if this pattern came from not feeling loved (laughs) and you're trying to change it by judging yourself and shaming yourself and hating on yourself, which is the opposite of love, do you Mm -hmm. think you're going to be able to shift it? Nope. No. No. So that's where I wanted to start. So as we continue talking, I just want you to do your best to move into the energetic of self-compassion to imagine that there's this beautiful pink golden light just cascading all around you, wrapping you up like a warm blanket and just telling you, Maria, it's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. 
Okay. So that's a, that's a place I want you to come from as we have this conversation as best you can. Okay. Okay. And as I ask you questions about the past, I want you to look back on the past through that lens of compassion, not through the lens of judgment. Cause I'm just going to ask you some questions so I can get a little more information so that I can maybe help you a little more. But as you're going back and telling me, I want you to tell it in a much different way. You can be telling me the same information, but the energy I want it to come from is that of compassion. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, great. So let's go back to 15. You have a boyfriend for maybe the first time, yes? Yes. And how does it feel to have a boyfriend? So for me, just prior to that, I had always like gotten attention from my teachers. Like I'd always been a really, really good student, like straight A's, like overachiever. And so when I started high school and kind of like (laughs) became a woman, I guess, and got to high school, all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait, I don't have to get attention um, in that kind of way. I can get attention because I'm pretty and boys like me and there's a new way to get attention. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. I stopped. I mean, I still did well in school, but um, I just started, you know, getting that kind of attention and it felt really good um, because I also had that feeling of like, there's somebody to like take care of me and protect me Mm -hmm. and love me. Um, And so I always, dated like people older than me as well right um how much older well my first boyfriend you know when I was a freshman was you know a senior Mm -hmm. and then my next boyfriend was like nine years older than me so always like a little bit uh, or significantly older than me I guess and why do you think you liked older Mm -mm. to fill the gap with my dad Mm -hmm. not having somebody to protect me and love me in that sense. Right. Yeah. So first boyfriend came along and then when did the cheating happen? Can you describe, you know, how that came about? What made you feel pulled to it? Mm-hmm. Um, well, <laughs> the, the next person was the person that was, you know, nine years older than me. And just, I can't exactly remember why, but he just, you know, started paying attention to me. And then it was like more attention, more love, more is better, I guess. And then I don't remember what was happening in that relationship with my first boyfriend that I I feel like something must have been lacking where I felt like, oh, he's not. He's not loving me enough right now. Something could go wrong. So I need to have my next boyfriend lined up. Oh, I do remember actually. He was getting ready to graduate high school and I thought maybe he was leaving. Mm. Mm. So you wanted a backup. Yeah. And that's when the crossover began? Yeah. So... Would you, would it be fair to say you kind of, for lack of a better word, became addicted to having a boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't ever want to 
don't ever want to be alone. Right. Well, yeah, because loneliness is one of your core wounds. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So you know why. You know why you do this. Felt really, really, really mm-hmm. alone. Lost your dad. Started realizing that men gave you a lot of attention and you didn't have to work that hard for it. And mm-hmm. I think you're, you know, I sort of agree with what your boyfriend said about you need two men fighting over you. But I think it's more you're so afraid of losing any love mm-hmm. that you hoard it. You want to have as much as possible. <laughs> I stop it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, and just one more just curiosity question with the cheating. Mm-hmm. Do you get, is there anything physical or sexual that you get out of it? Like you're with somebody and you're bored and you want to sleep with someone else, or is it more the emotional part? So this last time there was no sexual anything. It was only emotional mm-hmm. and I'm not a super sexual person, but I, I understand that that's part of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it really is the emotional piece that you're looking for. You're not looking mm-hmm. for the variety or anything like that. You're really like, oh my gosh, I need love. I don't want to be mm-hmm. alone. Here's someone else giving me attention, giving me validation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to suck this up too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we have a pretty clear picture of what's happening here. Okay. So my next question, and you kind of gauge this is how, because this will impact how, for lack of a better word, extreme my advice is, how quickly do you want to shift this? Now, fast. The, The complicating thing now, I guess, with the judgment is that I have two daughters, um, 14 and 10. And so with leaving my second husband, he basically, well, he did. He told them, your mom cheated on me. Um, She lied to you guys. She, you know, he told them everything. And so part of that judgment that I'm struggling and feeling shameful about is coming from my daughters Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're young and they know cheating is bad. And so they tell me, I don't trust you, mom. You're a cheater. You Mm -hmm. did this. You... And so I, more than anything, don't want to disappoint my girls and I don't want to set bad examples for them. And I don't also feel like it's not appropriate for me to like go into detail. I didn't feel like it was appropriate for him to tell them. Yeah. I am going to have a human moment here and just share Mm -hmm. some of my anger at your ex-husband because I think it's really shitty when adults bring their children into their own stuff. It was really unfair of him for him. It was unfair to the girls for him to tell them that when they were older, maybe it's something that you could have told them, but at 14 and 10, when having a mom is so important, um, Mm -hmm. that was pretty crappy. So I'd write him a big F you letter that you never mail and get some of your anger out and Mm -hmm. you sharing that further, um, kind of confirms the, advice I'm going to give you. And remember, I am not God. I'm definitely not your God. I'm just a person 
that has some training and experience and some intuition. And at the end of the day, you've got to always trust your own discernment. Okay. But this is what I would recommend if you are working with me one-on-one. I okay. would first put you in a situation where you're completely single. I'd break mm-hmm. up with boyfriend. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and I would, because this is the first thing, like if you're still in a relationship and the energy you drew this relationship in, um, first, it's not going to be most aligned. And second, you're going to have it. I, I always use the example. It's like an alcoholic working as a bartender when they're first trying to get sober. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. So what comes up for you when I say that? I hate the idea of being alone. I love my new boyfriend. Um, And what makes you think you're not going to cheat on him? I don't know. That's why I really want to change. Right. I don't want you in a relationship until you can say, Mm -hmm. I know I'm not going to do it again. I mean, him and I have definitely had those conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the other thing that it kind of demonstrates to your daughter is that mom and her men are more important than us. Yeah. She's verbalized. Well, the younger one, the 10-year-old, has said that too. Mm -hmm. Has said that to me. I I tell her that, that it's not true, but... With she kids, actions speak louder than words. It yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, it matters what you say to your kids, but it matters even more what you yeah. do. So here's the thing. If boyfriend is that great mm-hmm. and he really is meant to be, he can mm-hmm. come back around. But in from my perspective, in order to really heal this, like you've got to face it. You've got to face mm-hmm. being alone because you're only going to get so deep because you have him. Mm-hmm. You have him as a crutch. You have him as a security blanket. And you're going to be focused more on the relationship and not cheating because you don't want to screw things up with him. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be more of like a discipline thing than it's going to be a true embodied shift. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you said you wanted the fast track. Fast track, yeah. from my point of view, I don't know if you live with him, but have your own place and face it, like face being alone and get a coach or a therapist to walk you through. And like, how old are you now? 36. Okay. So for, you know, 21 years, this has been demons that you've battled with. You have avoided your worst fear for 21 years by being in relationships and Mm -hmm. by being unfaithful and like how much longer do you want to run from the monster? It's yeah. like kind of time to put warrior woman gear on and be like, okay, I'm going to sit and I'm going to face this. And I'm going to learn how to be alone without feeling lonely. I'm going to let the grief come up like because all the, the men and then the infidelity, because it takes a lot of energy to cheat. The the deception Mm -hmm. and the guilt and the, it's a massive distraction from the core issues. Mm -hmm. 
all, mm-hmm. all the men and all the cheating has helped you not feel the pain of loss from your dad, not having a mother, all the shame. It's been a big distraction. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of keep sort of distracting yourself through relationship and through trying to not cheat by using discipline, which is the same thing about the diet not working, you know, just being mm-hmm. hard on ourselves and like wanting not to mess something up doesn't last. Eventually we fall back into old patterns. The only thing that shifts it is when we actually shift it, we actually transform and we heal the reason why the cheating is happening. Okay. So what do you think? I'm scared. Well, let me put something, you know how I like to put something more scary. What scares you more? Being alone and maybe losing this boyfriend who, believe me, you can find another one. Um, Mm -hmm. Or having your daughters have zero respect for you the rest of their lives. Definitely having my daughters have zero respect for me. Right. They need to see you heal this, Maria. And just being codependent on another guy is not modeling that for them. (sighs) Sorry, my love. You asked for direct. I know. And again, you haven't done anything wrong. You deserve to be happy. I don't want it to feel like me saying this is taking something away from you. I'm actually hoping to give you something. I know it feels like I'm taking away him, but what I'm really doing is giving you you. This this pattern runs so deep, you're not going to find you in relationship. You've got to find you with you. So how long do I have to be alone? It's not a timing thing. It's a felt sense thing. And try not to frame it as on your own alone. Try to frame it as like be in a relationship with myself and really transform myself. That's what it really is about. Because again, when you're so hooked into men and relationships as your lifeline, can you see Like, even though you don't want to do this and it's hard, can you feel in your body the truth of what I'm saying? I feel it. And I I knew that you were going to tell me that. Mm. I just knew. And I knew that I should have done, did that when I left my husband. Mm -hmm. But it was hard, sweetheart. You still had the pattern running and you left your husband and you were scared and you felt more shame and your daughters were mad at you. Of course, you're going to go get another guy. That's your oxygen. Mm -hmm. But now if you can come from a really important place and tell him, look, I love you, but I don't love me. You're right. And even though I say, and I don't think I'm going to cheat, like I need to find me again. How will I know? You'll know. And especially if you're working with a therapist or a coach, you'll Mm -hmm. have someone that can reflect back to you. And I do suggest you work with someone, Maria, because, you know, if you take away the relationship lifeline, I don't want you to feel like you have no Mm -hmm. life raft. You're just kind of floating around like, ah, so having a professional or someone that can support you in that way, I think would be helpful. 
mm-hmm. so that you have a healthy lifeline. Yeah. I just started a new therapist this week. So great. Do you think your therapist mm-hmm. will agree with this plan and support it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we haven't, the first appointment was just like an intake appointment, but I'm sure she will. Yeah. Yeah. And again, no one's taking your cookie away, right? This isn't about depriving you of something. This is giving you you back really, truly. This is demonstrating to yourself and your daughters that I'm making me a priority. Like I'm going to stop putting men ahead of my relationship with myself. I'm going to find that lovability and and feel the feelings I haven't felt. I My sense is you still haven't fully grieved your dad. And so this, right. like not having a boyfriend, not having a man around, it will activate that a little bit. And that's one of the things you're trying to avoid. Okay. So I, you know, and again, like I know from my own experience of being in relationships from 19 to 33 and then having, and just one after the other, even after my fiance broke up with me in my twenties, I was with my, who would be my first husband four months later. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had no time. I would just go from person to person to person. And Mm -hmm. the, the self-discovery and the self-love that I found in being in relationship with myself is the reason I have a healthy relationship today. Okay. And so this is where deep trust comes in. And if you knew I was going to say this, your intuition is already telling you this. Mm-hmm. Because generally what comes through for me to say is really coming from you. <laughs> There's a little appointment your higher self and my higher self have. They like get together before we get on and they're like, all right, here's what needs to happen. Yep. And this won't be easy necessarily, but this is one of those short-term hard for long-term so much healthier and better. And this will mean a lot to your daughters if they see Mm -hmm. you making you a priority rather than continuing to kind of reinforce their beliefs around you of like mom's men are more important than us or her. Yeah. You can do it. And really, if boyfriend is as good as you say, Mm -hmm. he may not like this idea, but he will support it and he will get it. And if he truly is someone you're meant to be with, he will come back Mm -hmm. around. But I have a feeling that after you shift this, you'll attract a different kind of person and a different kind of relationship. Mm. Okay. But sometimes we have to let people go to find ourselves. (sighs) how do you feel I feel relieved I feel scared I feel validated like somehow it feels like okay because you told me to do it (laughs) and I respect you (laughs) um I don't know yeah a lot of um, just already like playing out the conversation in my head, how it's 
like going to go with him, mm-hmm. which is scary. Yeah. Well, remember the bigger fears. You got to put the bigger fears out in front and go, okay, I'm mm-hmm. doing this because I I don't want this to be the pattern the rest of my life. I want to teach my daughter something differently and I want to respect myself and I want to mm-hmm. find out who I am. Mm-hmm. So kind of find that warrior woman within you and that mama bear and be like, mm-hmm. I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for my girls. It's no coincidence you have two girls and yeah. you're modeling how to be with men. And if they see you go on a man detox and really find yourself and find your strength and find your power. And, and in that you'll know how to talk to them about all this better. Mm-hmm. It will be, it will change their relationships with men. So you're doing this for you and for your girls. Okay. That'll be my motivation. Yeah. Well, for sure. little Maria in there should be a motivation too. She's in there too. <laughs> And she deserves to know that she's lovable, that she doesn't need a man to make that so. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you to Maria so, so much for your honesty and your vulnerability. When it comes to infidelity, shame is a major, major, major factor. And I know to anyone who's listening who has ever been unfaithful or cheated physically or emotionally or even mentally, that your courage in sharing this and your openness and vulnerability really helped a lot of people. Shame is so heavy and so toxic. And I believe that shame and judgment are the things that keep us from shifting. They keep us from changing. And they make us want to change even more because the more ashamed we feel and the more we judge ourselves, the more we want something to change, the more committed we are, the more we may go to therapy or take the programs or listen to the podcast or whatever it may be, but it actually doesn't change things. You know, maybe shame and judgment are the catalyst. They have us go, whoa, this is something I need to shift, but then we must move in to compassion and acceptance in order to actually have the healing that creates the shift. You know, in Maria's case, she wasn't cheating because she's some sex crazed woman who just likes to make men feel bad about themselves by cheating on them. It was clearly obvious where this was coming from. This was coming from old wounding, father dying when she was young, mother not being there, and all of a sudden realizing, oh, wow, men and attention from men gives me oxygen. It makes me feel like I matter. We all need to feel loved. We all need to feel loved. And we will do extreme things in order to get love. And for Maria, that was really what the relationships and the infidelity was about. It was about, this is how I get love. And because she was so scared to lose it, she needed the backup. She needed as much as she could. As I said, she kind of hoarded it. So I think it was less about needing men to love her for devalidation and more about being so scared to be alone that she had to be with one man and that often wasn't enough. She needed that other man because hello, dad died at eight. And I didn't ask her how, but I have a feeling it might've been rather unexpectedly. So she's in these relationships with men, has this unresolved trauma that the man she loves could like leave or die at any moment. So better have a backup. 
So that's another thing that's playing in here. So my coaching with her was, of course, very compassionate because there's a lot of shame here. And then really asking her, and I always ask for permission when I'm going to be rather direct with people is, and some people say, I don't want you to be direct. I need, I need to go slow. And so I slow things down, but people that are ready to like take the fast track, I'm direct (laughs) because after so many years of doing this, it's like, you can go faster, you can go slow. And for her being in a relationship right now, from my point of view, only was stunting her growth. She's got to face being alone. That's the only way she's going to get through. The only way through is through. Sometimes we have to face our worst fears in order to not have them be the monster in the closet. It's like, okay, open the closet doors. I'm dealing with the monster because I can't stand every night laying in my bed and worrying about the monster in the closet. I'd much rather get up and deal with it so I can get some sleep. I hope you understand the metaphor. So if you can relate to any of this, if you have something in your life that you're in a pattern about, you've got to like not try to be the bartender in the bar, meaning you've got to get yourself out of situations that continually reinforce the pattern. And so for Maria, I recommended time alone, you know, her worst fear alone, but it's in that, that she's going to find that self-love. And it's also the place where her daughters are going to see her find that self-love because just being with another man is reinforcing a lot of their beliefs about her. So I'm sending Maria so much love and I do hope that she gets some support and takes this advice and finds herself and learns how to fall in love with herself. So some takeaways for you. Are you trying to shift yourself through shame and judgment? Can you bring way more self-compassion in Don't think that if you're compassionate with yourself, you won't change. It's not true. Actually, compassion is going to get you a lot farther. Next, are you the bartender trying to get sober all the while serving alcohol all day? Meaning, are you in an environment that's not conducive to your healing? And what can you do to get out of that environment? And last, please join us on March 11th for our group coaching call on how inner child work impacts relationships. I think you're seeing, this is a great example in this call about how her inner child wounding is impacting how she's showing up in relationships. And Steph and I are hosting a special group coaching call all about inner child work, but specifically how it impacts romantic relationships. It's good if you're single or coupled, doesn't matter. Go to christinehassler.com slash group. That's the show for today, everybody. Much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.